I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. And this week, what we have for you is a little bit different. Just like a few weeks ago when we reposted Felina's episode on Womanist to Society with Lisa Landry, um, I was the annual <laughs> July 4th guest because Lisa likes to have me on the day that everyone is celebrating freedom to talk about how the ways we really aren't free in this police state and so she has graciously granted us permission to to repost that in its entirety to share with our audience and we hope that you enjoy our discussion about qualified immunity and some conversation about colonization and what we need to be doing to create a just society and also that you guys will check out Lisa's podcast um, because she's really great. Lisa. Yes baby girl. When I grow up, I want to be a woman to society. And so shall you be. Hey, this is Lisa Landry. Welcome back to A Menace to Society. You know, I'm super stoked to welcome back today's guest. It's her third time, and I think she's going to be an annual tradition on the One Menace podcast. Our favorite indigenous sister, activist, social worker, former attorney. Please welcome back to the podcast, Summer Wesley. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being back. And, you know, I recognized when I sent you out a text to ask you to come back that you were here last 4th of July. Yes, I didn't realize that until I answered and you said I could be the annual guest. Oh, I was on the 4th last time. Right. Thank you for coming back and speaking with us about qualified immunity. That's what cops have, right? So they can tase you if you're pregnant or they can beat the shit out of you or kill your dog and they can get I off? Mean, they can really do pretty much whatever they want, to be honest. Qualifying immunity is just a fancy term. Basically, it allows, like you said, law enforcement to avoid accountability for misconduct. The Supreme Court actually invented the concept back in 1967. They, because back in 1871 with the Civil Rights Act, it became legal for the public to sue for damages when misconduct happened. So in 67, the Supreme Court invented qualified immunity, which created this exception that said, well, if they're acting in good faith and they believe their conduct was authorized by the law, then we're going to let them buy with them. Wait, wait, I just want to understand this better because you're, you're a legal person. You know right. about this stuff and I don't. I'm just a lay right. person who smokes dope and likes to write jokes. So... <laughs> But I'm also going to be a therapist, and I have a 4.0. So I like to be scientific awesome. sometimes, too, girl. So I want to understand uh-huh. this. So back in the day when slavery was legal, we didn't have this issue. And then in 1871, there was a civil rights movement, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, cops have to be civil. And then in 1967, when the civil rights movement was happening again, <laughs> is when they were like, no, not so much. Is that what's up? Pretty much. Basically, everybody else has to follow the rules, but if an officer thinks, or a public official, basically, it it wasn't limited to just police officers, but if public officials were acting in, the quoted phrase is, good faith, and they believed that their actions were legal, even if they weren't, then they would get qualified immunity, meaning they couldn't be 
prosecuted for that crime. Wait up, wait up. Is that still what's up? Like, if you're a political official and you act in, quote unquote, good faith, you can still have basically Uh, immunity? Yeah, arguably, yes. That's why there are certain crimes that you can't prosecute officials for while they're still in office. Huh things of that nature. And then that exception has been narrowed even more after they created the qualified immunity. Like 15 years later, there was a case called Harlow v. Fitzgerald where they expanded that defense and it didn't have to even be good faith anymore. If the violation of the people's rights, whatever it was in that given situation, wasn't clearly established under the law, then they are immune anyway. So what that means is unless there is a specific context of a particular conduct that has been determined by the courts to be a violation, then they have qualified immunity no matter what they did. So as Whoa. you can imagine, it's very rare yeah. for those things to have been litigated and determined as such because a lot of times even when they are litigated, the courts will find an easy exit around it where they don't even have to address the actual violation. And so very few violations are actually, quote, clearly established. That's the quote that they used in that court decision. But there have been cases, for example, in April of 2013, there was a situation where police officers in Texas, this happened in the state of Texas, they responded to a call that said a black man in a brown shirt had been firing a gun at mailboxes in a residential neighborhood. So when officers arrive, they claim he fired a gun in their general direction. He didn't hit anybody. And then he hid. And so they were set up behind their vehicles and doing what they do, hollering the orders for him to put it down. And a few minutes later, one of the officers saw a young man by the name of Gabrielle Windsor. He was 25. He was riding a bicycle. He was wearing a blue shirt and he had a toy gun in his belt. Within six seconds of seeing him, Officers shot at him 17 times. They chased him down, and they chased him, and obviously he died at the scene, and they later claimed that they feared for their lives. And because they acted, quote, in good faith, they thought what they were doing was to protect themselves, even though it was clearly wrong and clearly the wrong person, they have qualified immunity even though the court found that they did violate his constitutional rights because they used deadly force when it obviously was not necessary. He was not threatening anyone. But even though they violated his rights, they would not be prosecuted because of their qualified immunity. Because they were scared? And because it was in their line of duty, so they are permitted to behave atrociously basically (laughs) in ways that we aren't i mean if we are expected if an officer has a gun in our face we are expected as civilians to remain calm and not behave in any way that would violate anything oh sister don't even increase your breathing because then you're giving them just cause to think you're you're acting nervous why innocent people don't react like this exactly yeah because of their qualified immunity they don't get prosecuted there was even a court case the supreme court held 
where these corrections officers had taken a prisoner to, quote, discipline him. (laughs) And what they had actually done was they handcuffed him to a hitching post for seven hours in the sun with no shirt on in the summertime. (sighs) Right, which, as you can imagine, is pretty awful. At one point, they, they gave him no water. At one point, they would t- they would taunt him by giving water to the gar- to the dog in front of him and things like that. And the Supreme Court ruled that the officer's cruelty was so obvious that to have had fair warning that their conduct violated the constitutional protection against cruel and unusual punishment. So what that means is they were found to have violated his rights. So... But what has happened with that case is instead of taking that case and interpreting it as, okay, obviously what you did was cruel and unusual punishment, so we should hold officers accountable for doing those things. Instead, what has happened over the years since is that has somehow, that egregious of behavior, that extreme, has somehow become the standard that they're using as fair warning so unless it is that awful and extreme it doesn't count to eliminate their qualified immunity how did we get here summer like we've already we've always been kind of a vicious nation to be you know i i love this country we got issues and all that and that's a feeling that i have for the you know what i'm saying and and much respect you know much respect much respect your your reality is quite valid and i hope we can do better (laughs) but um you know yes ma'am yes Mm -hmm. ma'am but i I don't understand how we got this this vicious in in this in this era of we've all been educated everybody's allegedly or in theory at least had access to secondary and college education or community college or whatnot or even google like you can google scholar yourself into some smartness if you choose to how the heck are we still acting like we're beating jesus i think we talked about this on the last episode the last fourth episode was the empathy gap i feel like we still (laughs) on a large scale look at certain groups of people as less worthy less deserving and have less empathy for them and you know so whether it be prisoners or marginalized communities or uh, and honestly people a lot of people even if you're accused of a crime if an officer you know we have elevated officers of the law to such a status that if they even accuse somebody of something people will blame them no matter what happens and forget that there are lots of innocent people who get accused of things there are lots of innocent people sitting in prison oh and death row i mean the statistics are are, that we we are executing people who are innocent more than we are yeah yeah yes and you know we were talking about like the uh <laughs> the you know cash bond system and, yep. and probation fees and all of those things trap people but it's difficult to get people motivated to change them because the perception is well all of these people did something wrong so they're bad you know i'm learning in school about the the moral model of treatment for substance abuse disorders and it's very you are sinful you are wicked and therefore you deserve this but who the heck are we as human beings to decide a moral judgment on one another 
Right? It's like the ultimate narcissism, isn't it? Completely. <laughs> and then, I mean, how do we put that into law? Like, you're putting moral code into law, which is completely illegal in a democratic republic. It's not supposed to happen. You can't legislate morals. So why would you penalize people based on whatever your moral interpretation is? Right. And we shouldn't be, but we are in a lot of ways, in both civil and criminal law, really. I mean, if you look at how much, say, in family law, how skewed it is towards trying to force people to be married and to stay married. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is quite an ordeal and a heavy burden to try to get out of those contracts because the law is formulated in that way or it's formulated to prefer the nuclear family model over others. So, I mean, we aren't a theocracy, but <laughs> those oppressive religious ideas have definitely made their way into our laws. Yeah, I don't like it. I love God. I'm a, I'm a fan of creator, but I don't like this baloney. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't personally think creator likes it either, but... <laughs> no, I don't think she's cool with it. <laughs> well, that's that patriarchy antichrist kind of let me subliminate the truth and work it in opposition weirdness we're dealing with right yes right. ma'am i mean i was called blasphemous on twitter today so i'm feeling a little proud about what it. happened <laughs> who did you who did you offend well i made the statement that missionaries are colonizers which is true if you look at the definition this isn't a complicated thing it was <laughs> and i personally believe colonization is harmful. I would Not second that. that I would second that. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have colonization. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently, that offended somebody, and they went on a rant, and they called me blasphemous, which was funny, and then they blocked me. But I found it amusing. Oh, that's not that's not okay. I don't think you're blasphemous. I think you're truthful. Some people just want to wrap truth in wickedness because they don't want to recognize maybe your interpretation of scripture is bullshit. Well, yeah, I think it's hard to overcome the cognitive dissonance to accept that it's maybe your idea or my idea or that person's idea isn't necessarily superior, that it's possible for them to be different and one not have to be the absolute truth. I like and that. That's really hard. Yeah, it's but, really hard to accept. But that's the way. That's the whole. Th that's what's supposed to happen. You know, like that's. I what's, agree. Yeah. And I think we have to get there in order to make a more just society. Is we have to be where we can say this is, you know, this is what's right for me, but I don't have to force other people to live by this. You know, it's about control. If you're trying to control other people, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment, and you're going to blow up that relationship. So for True. for us to be controlled by our government first of all is not supposed to happen in the constitution which as we know called your people savages which is not okay <laughs> but you know like of independence and merciless indian savages yeah you should yes. probably strike that but uh, like, you know what i'm saying like if, if you're going to even follow this paperwork and, and you know this is our fourth of july podcast episode if we're going to even follow this paperwork that did unjust and savage things to Summer and her people and are still continuing that line of tyranny, how the heck are we even thinking that we have freedom when the same baloney is getting tossed back in our face? Because I spoke with Jan Schlittman, and, you know, he's a lawyer, very highly esteemed. He did the Woburn case. Um, uh -huh. He fights for healthy water and clean communities. Right. And he was telling me and my listeners, or my listeners and me, that – 
our legal system is set up on English banking laws. Yes, it's all based on property. Okay, so how the heck are we thinking that we're in a republic when we're actually set up to be a damn plantation and it's in our court systems that we're still colonized and even the white folk think they got laws that are going to apply to them that actually don't work in their favor when nobody has an actual right to have freedom. Right, that's true, and I think a lot of it is also a fundamental lack of understanding and how the system actually works. Because um, we certainly aren't taught that in primary education. I was only taught a fraction of it in even my undergrad or my first master's degree. I did not actually understand until I went to law school and suddenly all the questions I had been asking for years, like, oh my God, the system isn't broken. It was designed this way. And once you finally get to that point and understand that, you realize <laughs> it goes a lot deeper and we've got to change the foundational issues or we're not ever going to actually make true progress. I would like very much to change the foundational. I agree. When I was practicing, which as you said, I'm a former attorney, I stopped practicing at the end of last year. But even when I was practicing, I avoided criminal cases whenever possible because the system, the criminal system is just set up so wrong. I expect that that is going to continue to be the case until we design a system based on rehabilitation and restorative justice rather than punishment and profit. Because that is the focus right now. Yeah, we need a more compassionate way to deal with things. Yes, and I think part of the problem is people don't know how it works. People don't realize that no. all these private companies nope. making money off the bail system with the pretrial services. They're making money off of the inmates while they're in the jails. We've got private prisons who are making money off these inmates. I mean, these are humans. These are lives that we're throwing away for money to go to to businesses, but a lot of people don't even know that's happening, let alone that it's possible for us to change that because when policymakers set this up, they focus on the fear, right? We're trying to be tough on crime to protect you, and this is about public safety, when when you start looking at it, it doesn't make us any safer. No, it doesn't make us any safer. It's, it's theater of safety. It's, it's yes. an illusion. It's baloney. It's what we've been sold. Right. Yeah, and I'm it's not, not rehabilitating it. anybody. So you're actually turning out people that we have now abused and traumatized and damaged more. Oh, yeah. We haven't rehabilitated them. We're actually making things less safe for the general public. But there's no motivation to change that when that is the leverage they need to keep the public supporting what they're doing well yeah because they don't know what's actually going down they think that they're being right. taken it's like when you see some bullshit politician up there like the cops were here to protect and serve the cops don't right. have a legal obligation to protect and serve the public they're here to protect corporations and politicians and the vatican and whomever else or whatever organization is putting money in their pockets direct but People don't actually know these things, and so they are supporting cops, not understanding that there are good cops out there, but your cops can show up and shoot your dog and rape your <laughs> rape your kid, and nothing will right. happen to them. Right, and for some reason, members of the public will support them, <laughs> no matter what they do, do, which baffles me. I mean, we had those kids who got shot that, a few months back, back close to where I'm from in southeast Oklahoma, in Hugo, 
there was a man who had, there had been a robbery of the Pizza Hut. He had walked in the door. He never showed a weapon. He never threatened anyone. Supposedly, he implied that he might have a weapon. So they called it aggravated robbery as if he was armed. They had a video, you know, had his picture from the security cameras. They circulated those. I refused to share them when they came out, when the sheriff started circulating them, because I know the town. I was concerned. I'm like, this is a black man in Hugo, Oklahoma. They were already being very aggressive in the way they were talking about him in the case. And I'm like, he did not hurt anybody. I am not getting this man killed because that's what I felt was going to happen. It was going to result in a police shooting. I thought of the suspect. I had no idea that a few weeks later, plainclothes officers, they were not in their uniforms, they were not driving a marked car, followed him through town. I assume they have a warrant. I've not been able to see an actual warrant, so that's an assumption. It may or may not be true, but they followed him into the parking lot of the community center, so they're not in uniforms. They come out with their weapons pointed at the truck, him in his truck. So he tries to back out, to back over them, because um, who wouldn't when there are two strange men threatening you with right, guns? Right, And takes out, they open fire into this vehicle and shot three small children. Oh, my Lord. Um, there was a four-year-old that was shot in the head. It was horrific. Oh. And there are so many people justifying this. Well, you have to comply when officers... First of all, there's no way to even know that they were officers but secondly it was absolutely ridiculous they created this deadly situation they could have waited to try to serve their warrant or to arrest him there was no need for any of that to happen but nothing is going to happen to those officers they got to pay vacation you know that sickens me especially in light of the fact that that guy the white dude who went and shot up a church and killed black parishioners who invited him in to pray with them they took him to a drive-thru to get yes, food on the way to jail. And then yes. here's this black man in Oklahoma, babies in the back seat, getting shot in the head by some cop who didn't even say, I'm here to serve a warrant or ask you questions. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, nothing will happen to the officers. And we have, you know, children whose entire lives have been altered. And I'm sure that he will probably be, his charges will probably be escalated or added to based on his attempting to elude the officers who had no identification in the first place. So all of that caused by the police officers and the punishment gets put on the public. So happy 4th of July. Do you want a firework? <laughs> They'll probably think I'm shooting. shooting Be careful, girl. Be careful. Don't go near Norman. Right. <laughs> I'm thankful that you're coming here and telling me all about this because you are a legal mind. You do know about this in, in a way that I will never understand. And I thank you so much for being gracious enough to share this with me and educating my listeners and me about this. Because we don't get to hear these stories. You know, we hear snippets right. and little bits and dribs and drabs of think this way and this is what really happened and that's not all right tell me about matriarch what's going on with matriarch summer we just finished up our third year we just closed enrollment we reached maximum enrollment within it's a closed enrollment because 
as part of our work in empowering Indigenous women, about a third of our curriculum deals with some very heavy topics that can trigger past traumas or things of that nature. So we keep a closed enrollment where everybody enrolls at the beginning of the year and you're, you commit to be part of the group for the next nine months. And that lets people build trust within the group so that you feel more comfortable in sharing and in being able to address whatever those issues are and creates a safer space. So we have an application process for that reason. And we put the application up expecting to leave it there for about three weeks. Within a few days, we met max enrollment. Oh, wow. (laughs) Congratulations. And so it's really, people are just really seeing the need and it's it's really making an effect. Hopefully more chapters and more groups will open up. Really, it takes people within those communities to be willing to step up and, you know, do the work. You know, we can help with the curriculum and help, you know, help get it in place. But we have to have people actually on the ground in those locations, you know, organizing and doing things. So hopefully we can get that happening. We're doing what we can to, you know, we raise awareness. I did a presentation recently about missing and murdered Indigenous women. Me and another one of our matriarch women went to a training to actually do search searches for missing women um, so that we could bring that back and hopefully train other groups locally so that we can actually, you know, help get involved because law enforcement doesn't always prioritize those things the way they need to. The particular woman that we were searching for, um, she went missing. Uh, she lived in Gore, Oklahoma, which is over in northwest corner of Oklahoma, and she is a trans woman. Her name's Aubrey Dameron, and she went to meet somebody. She left her mom's house to go meet somebody one night. She never came back, and it's been a few months now, but unfortunately, law enforcement say that it's not a priority because of, quote, her lifestyle, because she, you know, would party or what have you. They said they would not label it as suspicion of foul play, which, you know, opens up a whole other avenue of investigation they won't label it that because of quote her lifestyle and so basically most of the search and all the efforts have been organized by her family because the law enforcement seems to be doing very little and unfortunately that's not an uncommon thing that i hear from a lot of these families so um you know hopefully we can raise some more awareness and <laughs> and get some changes on that i mean it's absurd that people can report their loved one missing and law enforcement like you said that protect and serve is just saying apparently because they're not serving in that way they're not you know helping us locate people who are missing or you know in danger or what have you well, no girl they're busy covering up city councilmen slamming into motels and cops raping babies they got priorities <laughs> yeah, I saw that story about him driving into the hotel. <laughs> we don't even got to go there. I'm just, but you know, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's who they're protecting and serving. They work for their municipality. They're right. not working for the public. Yeah, and they don't want and their municipality. Yeah. Municipalities don't want to get embarrassed because then lawsuits happen, and then people have right. to be held accountable because they get deposed. Thank you for what you're doing for Matriarch, because this is an underserved community within an underserved community within an underserved community. It really is. And, yeah. you know, I, and yeah, between that work and the work that I do on my own outside of that, it, it takes up a lot of my time. But I think I do it because I feel like it's needed and I hope 
I hope, uh, I hope I do some good in the world. So I think you're doing a lot of good summer. How do we get involved? How do we help you people who are listening right now? If we want to reach out and help matriarch, if you want to help summer Wesley, if you want to help the Chattas in Oklahoma, what do we do? Well, anybody who wants to contact me or learn more about me and what I do, um, my website is summerwesley.com. So that's pretty easy. I do trainings. I, you know, I come and I talk about things like this, whether it's diversity trainings or explaining what the Indian Child Welfare Act is or, you know, talking about violence against women, you know, all of those things. Also, my social media accounts are linked there. You can send me messages directly there, too, if you want um, to know more about Matriarch or any of the other work I do. I'm always up to hear from the public and try to help connect people as much as possible because most, I believe most real change actually happens at a grassroots level, so. Yeah, that is you, you're a connector, you know, you're a bridge, that's, you're amazing at that. Summer, what's going on with Broken Broken? For my podcast, the website is brokebrokenpodcast.com. And that's you and Ms. Felina Rivera. Correct. Yes, two badass women. We upload an episode every week, uh, usually interviews with other people, but sometimes Felina and I just talk about what's going on in our life for current events, and we're just doing the best we can to smash the patriarchy and to eliminate stigma and shame. I like your goals, sis. Thank you so very much, Summer. I really wish you all the best, and thank you again for coming back here. And Anytime. Yeah, you're just a phenomenal person. It takes a lot of effort to do all this work you're doing, Summer, and I know you work nonstop. How do we support you personally? How do we support Matriarch? How do we support Broken Broken? Do you have a donation link? Can we get in touch with you on Patreon? What you doing? My donation links for myself personally are on... They're in my pen tweet on Twitter and and on my website. As far as Matriarch, we have a PayPal, so the easiest way would be to contact us on our Facebook page, which is Matriarch OK, and just you know shoot us a message, and I'll send you the PayPal link. Again, I want to thank you, and we're going to air this on July 3rd. So again, I want to wish you a happy July 3rd. In in much love and respect, and I hope you have a really great summer, summer. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Please come back to next One Menace Wednesday. You can find me on my website, lisalandry.com. Shout out, Ari. I love you, little boo-boo. You can contact the podcast at brokebrokenpodcast at gmail.com. The Broken Broken Podcast can be found online at www.brokebrokenpodcast.com, on Twitter at Broke Broken Show, on Instagram and Facebook at Broke Broken Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube.